Yo, what's happening? This is Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 241. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. If you listen to Restaurant Unstoppable, you've heard our guest mentor say you need a solid business plan. That can be intimidating. Maybe you don't know the first thing about creating a business plan. Remember, plan your work, work your plan, and do it with live plan. To learn more and to get started with your first month free, yes, I said free, that's a $20 savings exclusive to Restaurant Unstoppable listeners. Visit liveplan.com slash unstoppable, that is liveplan.com forward slash unstoppable, get on it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Jeremy Anderson. Jeremy, I know you're feeling unstoppable today. Please tell me you are. Absolutely unstoppable. Absolutely. That is what we like to hear. So uh, a Seattle native, Jeremy Anderson, received his Bachelor's of Arts in Hospitality Business Management from Washington State University and graduated with honors from the Culinary Institute of America in New York with an associate in Occupational Studies in Culinary. Altogether, Jeremy brings nearly 30 years of experience in the restaurant business. Today, Jeremy serves as Vice President of Operations for Consolidated Restaurants, Inc., which owns and operates the Metropolitan Grill, Elliott's Oyster House, Steamer's Seafood Cafes, Quincy's Char Grilled Burgers, and the Wing Dome. Man, you got a lot going on. Uh, so this, yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. So this is just an aerial view of who you are and what you're doing. I can't wait to learn more about you and how you got to this point in your life. Uh, before we do that, Let's just take a moment, Jeremy, to get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us today? You know, my success quote is, let's get there. That's kind of how I operate. I focus on solutions rather than obstacles, and that's the way I like to to operate. Awesome. Uh, Give me an example of that mantra or this quote really just helped you get to the next level. Well, I would say in the restaurant business as a whole, uh, nothing slows down and waits for you. So you're on a train. We're going to a destination. So it really started when I was a chef, and we had a team of uh, uh, cooks, and uh, prep has to happen. Guests are coming through the door. We have no choice but to open, and how do we stay positive and just get there? We have to deliver. And uh, with some of these concepts, uh, at the time when I was a chef, particularly at uh, Elliot's Oyster House, uh, 600 to 1,000 people coming through a day it was a busy place and uh you just have to hang on and uh and and ride through it yeah uh and i love what you said you said to focus on solutions i think that's just one key uh lesson to take away from this mantra i feel like so often you see people people in this industry like to bitch a lot (laughs) yes yes there's a lot of a lot of drama yeah and i mean i feel like we can just accomplish so much more uh like you say stay positive and Focus on those solutions, like you say, and just get there. And you're not going to get anywhere by just bitching and uh, focusing on the negative. And I just feel like there's just a lot of that that goes on. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think uh, that's one of the things that I've learned. Uh, 
you can sit back and complain and it, it's not going to happen for you. You have to, to make your own course and, and if you don't figure it out, someone will for you and it may not work out for the better. So. Absolutely. So uh, we got your motivational ball going. Uh, I'm feeling pumped up. I hope you are too. I'm sure our listeners are. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about you, how you got into this industry, and uh, kind of give us some snapshots of how you got to where you are today. Uh, sure. Well, when I started, I was young. I was uh, 13, just turning 14, when I first stepped foot into a restaurant uh, as, a, as an occupation in high school. Um, but I had the benefit of having some family uh, that was in the business. My grandfather was the uh, corporate chef of the same company I work for today. Something uh, crazy. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> The nice thing is that this is a, a, a local family-owned business and uh, great people, so uh, longevity is uh, prominent within this company, and it's one of the greatest things. But uh, I do remember uh, it was 1987, and I started washing dishes, and uh, it was a high-energy uh, job. I was scared as hell, but I loved it. I love moving around. I love the highs, the lows. I have the dishwasher dreams as, as a kid, even uh, where you have the nonstop conveyor belt going and going. Uh, and uh, but I just really enjoyed that. You know, you can start a day, finish a day, put it to rest, and come back the next day and, and do it all over with a fresh start. And so I've, I've really kind of enjoyed that. Um, but I fell in love with it. I started cooking. I think I catered my first wedding when I was seventeen. Um. And I just really enjoyed making people happy with food, and that was that was one of my uh, uh, main reasons for sticking with this industry. Uh, with that, uh, I knew instantly I I never wanted a desk job. I didn't want to sit behind a desk all day. I, I knew I would go crazy. So, um, you know, I I really knew my path uh, when I applied for college. I knew where I wanted to go. I knew what I wanted to study and and it just took off from there. So, Awesome. Uh, I mean, I think that's really important. I think so often so many people, uh, they're working in this industry and they don't really early on commit to it and they waste so much time working but not working intentionally and i think that that you knew so early in your career is probably one of the reasons why uh you were able and plus you stay with the same company your entire life like that is that blows my mind like that is so uncommon in this industry how have you worked in other restaurant groups has it been 30 years with consolidated restaurant Inc.? No, I, I've worked uh, at, at some other concepts. I primarily through school. Okay. Uh, I stayed with Consolidated. I was young. I didn't know any better. I, I just loved working, having a job. Um, every summer, I'd come back uh, when I was in college and, and work as much as I could to save up as much money as I could to help pay for college. Um, and then uh, I did work during college. Uh, you know, just with university, did a lot of catering. Um, but it, it's a campus setting. It's it's very flexible to your college schedules, which is great. Uh, but you, you really learn to work with different people uh, in different ways of, of approaching things. And, and back then, hindsight, I didn't know any different. Uh, today, I can look back and go, oh, I'm very happy I got some other outside perspective other than this company alone. Um, and I also work for... Uh, 
Outback Steakhouse when I was in New York going to culinary school. So full-time school, full-time work, uh, trying to survive, you know. So uh, Outback was a very structured, uh, it was early on. So this was in 1997. Um, they were still kind of, you know, hitting their prime, I think, at that time. But uh, they were opening up in Wappingers Falls. And so I was able to, to connect with them. Uh, and basically work six, seven nights a week if I had to and try to pay the bills. But they, they were a very organized, very structured company. Um, and I, I did appreciate that they still prepped and made everything in-house so quality was there. So so when you were working at the Outback Steakhouse, was um, that when you were at the, the Culinary Institute of America or studying occupational uh, studies? Yes. Culinary? Okay, so... Let me ask, what kind of impact did having that structure, uh, working in a, a, a very corporate environment like that, have on you today uh, as far as your attention to detail on the systems and the operations with what you would have to do as the, the vice president? Uh, well, back then uh, at Outback, uh, one thing I did learn is that um, having a good structure, you know, as far as ordering inventory you know the way they uh, manage cleanliness of the facility uh, they're very busy location um you know and, and that was the one probably constant through through any position i've held is we're always going to open at whatever time or we're going to close at whatever time yeah. you have to be prepared and ready um and and your organizational skills are key to that um i work primarily uh, what we called the window or they called it makeup that's where you put all the plates you kind of coordinated with all the other line cooks to make sure timings were correct yep. um, and that's a high pressure position um, you have to know every other position at the same time but uh, it really boiled down to organization and, and uh, leadership and at the time you didn't realize what you were doing uh, and, and how you affected others and, and how calm and and control sets the tone for for the rest of the you know the cook line um and for the front of the house and working together as a team to make sure that we're executing to the best of our ability and you know don't get caught up on the drama that always or could always happen in a restaurant setting because it doesn't benefit the guest ultimately so so i've always kept a guest first guest first approach in in my decision making mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, try not to blow up and keep a calm, and, and let's just talk about it later. If, if there's an issue, uh, address it, but right time, right place. See, Jeremy, what really uh, interests me with your story is uh, you started off in the industry working at Consolidated Restaurant, this group that's been around since, uh, I think, 1951. So they were already like 20, 30 years into their existence when you were working there as a young like kid um and then you went from there you got all this great experience with hospitality the education uh you got to go to the culinary institution of america uh and you also got to get that uh that experience in a corporate environment that that uh you know uh chain environment so uh what was it like when i mean when you were working in this this corporate environment and you're looking back to um, Consolidated Restaurant Inks. I mean, it's, it's still a big restaurant company, but did you take anything from that ex- that really, you know, corporate structure that uh, you saw differently or you thought maybe you could use and apply or you're applying, you started to apply when you went back to, uh, uh, con- wow, I can't talk, Consolidated Ink? Um, you know, 
Yes and no. I didn't, you know, at the time when I came back to Consolidated, um, Outback Steakhouse, uh, what I learned, I learned, but I didn't really, you know, overthink it. I don't think I came back and said, oh, all this I can apply, you know, to what I'm doing now. Um, when I moved back to Seattle, it was kind of a, uh, you know, thought process, you know, where should I go? Should I go to San Francisco? Well, where can I go chef at? Um, I was married. I had a, uh, a daughter uh, when we lived in New York. Uh, she's now 18. Um, and so we had to make some life decisions too. So coming back home uh, to Seattle was uh, based around family. Um, and I knew that I could at least come back and get started with consolidated and then, you know, make some decisions. I, I interviewed in some other areas, um, or other locations in Seattle, but really found that, you know, they kind of welcomed me back with open arms. And I started as a sous chef, um, at union square grill and just really started to kind of get my bearing straight. And, and what's funny is even after all the college education and, and culinary school, you, you have a good base foundation. And what I found is there's just tons to learn. There's, there's just different ways uh, that different companies approach things. And that's probably the one thing I, I picked up from, you know, working at uh, a place like Outback Steakhouse to where, okay, I see how they work. I wasn't privy to, you know, kind of the big picture uh, processes at the time. But when I stepped back into Consolidated, is oh, this is, these are financials and how they look at things. This is the way they operate. It's different. Um, I like it, but I want to learn more. So it was, it was, it was interesting to see how to do the same execution, but how people approached the processes were different or how they held things accountable or their accounting processes, things varied. Let's, and back let's then, talk, let's dive yeah. into that a little bit more. How was it different? Different? How was it better? How uh, Outback handled things? Well, I wouldn't necessarily say better. I think they were just built to be, they were designed to structure themselves to have as many locations and operations as they do. Um, they needed a system to where, uh, they could operate consistently across the country. And, and I, I get that at the time, didn't think about it. It was a job and I needed to work and, you know, I liked the experience. I learned from it. When I really started getting more exposure to uh, management, you know, actual like, okay, I'm in management. We have to, you know, dive into financial statements. We have to, you know, do planning. We need to figure out what's going on within your concept. But, it, it brought to me at the time it just the, the unaware differences that you, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And so I'm still learning yeah. different things, you know, so that's, that's the part. But if I go back 18 years when I started back in here, you know, we're, we're still doing recipes on pencil and paper with consolidated with the chefs. It was fairly old school mm-hmm. versus, you know, they were a little bit more, uh, inclined to use you know the computers all the new excel software that was you know around at the time yeah. and uh that was probably one of the first things i did was okay how do we uh leverage some some of the 
newer technology at the time, like how do we put a recipe in Excel so we're not, you know, using erasers every time, you know, a piece of meat uh, had a price increase and you're adjusting recipes because that's what it used to be. And so how do we help, you know, streamline and find some systems that can, you know, make the administrative part a little bit less cumbersome so we could focus more on the operation and the guests. Awesome. Uh, great. Just I like how you said that you're always looking to just learn and it's never ending, especially today with uh, that that same kind of theme with technology changing as fast as it changes today. Like every couple of months, there's a new lesson to be learned or a new technology or a way to do something that you can implement to be more efficient, more effective. Um, so uh, let's talk about your why. Let's really dive into what it is that you think uh, has helped you uh, just, you know, excel in this this career and to get to where you are today as the vice president of operations sure i i I would say my why uh what what makes me tick is uh you know i really enjoy creating or supporting uh opportunities for everyone and all to succeed whether it's professionally or personally um i was a very driven uh individual uh still am um i like to complete projects i like challenges and i do it for you know me and my family and and my peers you know so i I think it really uh comes to building a community that you can go on a journey with and uh you know whether uh, everyone's got their personal stuff, their personal lives, but I, I respect that. And it's, it's really taking the time to uh, help any generation of person in this industry to have success and and leverage each other. So that that's my my purpose, and and I'm just a sucker for doing it every day. I love it, and that's you know if you don't love it, don't do it. Absolutely, and I I love that you, you're you're why your purpose is just creating opportunity for others, giving opportunity to others, developing others. And I feel like that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned, Jeremy, doing these interviews is that it really, it's about, it's, it's about not getting, but giving back the, the better you are giving uh, to others, whether it's hosp- hospitality, educating, uh, just, you know, warmth, consideration, all these things, the more you can give to others, the better off you'll be uh, in the long run. And can you give me an example of when you created opportunity for somebody where, where there's somebody who came to you and you created an opportunity for them? Uh, sure. There's, there's probably a couple scenarios I can give. Uh, one, one within the, the restaurant uh, industry or our company. Um, and, and that was, uh, at the time of uh, the market crash in, in 08, which was kind of a, a challenging time in its own right. But, you know, how do we um, create success in, in, a, in a recession? And, and, and what do we do as a company to structure ourselves to uh, stay ahead of, of, of the situation? And really what that takes uh, is, is your team and how do you work with your team, brainstorm with your team to come up with ideas uh, or opportunities or opportunities that are brought to you to carry them forward and, and let others weigh in and, and leverage their expertise. I think restaurants as a whole, you know, you need a lot of expertise in various areas to be successful. I don't know it all. I'm not a great bartender. I'm not going to pretend to be. Surround yourself with the right people or let people develop themselves and grow a program or grow uh, you know, themselves personally within their own skill 
to, to help the whole succeed and we, we drive the whole business forward together yeah. and I, I and that is critical. Can you really like go down to one example of one person? I totally agree with you that you need a team. And one of the, the biggest strengths you can have in this industry is to know that you have weaknesses and to fill those weaknesses <laughs> with the strengths of other people. But give me an example of where you gave somebody the opportunity to kind of fill that role that you were – like you said, you weren't a bartender. Like was it a bartender that came over and took over the, the, the front of house bartending uh, operation? Like, Or was there something else where you really just let somebody – take control and own that section that responsibility of the restaurant and just they really just like you know flourished uh yeah i mean i I would go back even early on into uh when i was a chef uh when you have uh cooks who are hungry and eager um and i remember there was a a gal at elliott's who was a, a line cook and and she was driven um but simple things for me like write some specials have some fun with it be creative um we're not breaking any rules by you know the chef not writing the specials you have motivation so handing a project uh her name was erica um to to her to say hey run with it and and get the feedback from the crew implement it start it write the recipes train the prep cooks how to do it um and the beauty of it is that was i think about eight years ago nine years ago She's the chef of Elliot's today. Uh, we have an executive, chef, but she's, you know, she's the number two, and and she's still thriving. So, yeah, I think just letting people learn through experience. Myself not having to be a control freak, you know, and have my hands in every little aspect, uh, you know, really helped me be successful um, by getting success out of others, and that was an an example with uh, with that particular individual um just let them fail let them succeed through their failures and i mean i still fail a little bit every day and that's what we all do i think um another example uh, a little bigger picture was um going back to the recession thing we had to create this thing called uh, the zone um and this was a uh, uh, opportunity that kind of landed in our laps at the right time and we had to build a, uh, a tailgate type experience for uh, UW Husky football. Um, so this is an event that was a football sized field uh, pre-game uh, experience for fans that the university had never done before. And so we had about six, five months rather to put this whole thing together before uh, football season started and and really for me I was just stepping into uh, a director role with this company and you know really no clue what was going on but you know again how do we you know come up with solutions and really leveraging uh, uh, people to do it that I worked with um, a, a gentleman named Eric Helner who's our corporate chef today at the time was uh, a chef uh, but it's like, hey, run with the kitchen part. How do we build a team? He built his team uh, of kitchen crew, helped design the kitchen. You know, the other managers that had skill sets with bar, um, build a bar for this event. We end up serving about 10,000 people a game. We're nine years into it today. And it's a staff of 100 people. But it's really, you need to pull all of your people and let them just go with it uh, to bring ideas 
to the team, work as a team to be successful. Uh, you know, our, our bar for this event is about 90 feet long, and it's huge. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it was a big project, but, you know, it was a good revenue source for us, low investment. And uh, t today we're, uh, you know, still rolling with it. And it does, you know, close to a million dollars a year over seven game events. So it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's for, quite a challenge. For me, Jeremy, the big lessons from these stories is that often we see people in leadership roles and they, they fail by not uh, letting people take part in the decision making they want to be the smartest person in the room they want to make all the decisions they want to call all the shots and they're just like micromanagers and control freaks but the truth is it's it's the people who like you say see the strengths and give opportunity to others and let other people run with the ideas and they they take those people that are smarter than them or better at them at certain things and they they give the freedom to that person to do their thing and it's I always quote Octavio Mantilla. I I, <laughs> I really uh, I love this quote, and it's you can accomplish anything in life if you don't mind who gets the credit. If you don't mind uh, putting people in that place to you know have that that freedom to just run with whatever they're good at. And that was the biggest lesson I took away from these stories, Jeremy. And um, do you have anything to add to that before we move on? Um, you know the the one other thing I would say uh, where I really enjoy uh, this type of uh, sharing is uh, I, I get involved with uh, high school students. There's some local high schools that have culinary programs, and and I really enjoy just sharing with uh, the younger generation um, as a chef. You know, going in and doing uh, culinary dinners with all their parents coming in and seeing the hard work, and uh, you know really getting specific with the teams, uh, the students of how to plan, organize, create, you know, and that's that's the one thing, uh, the, the creativity part of it. Uh, it's just fun to hear younger uh, kids try to, you know, really get their ideas onto a plate and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it just, I don't even have words for it. It's so fun. Um, uh, it, it turns out that uh, uh, you know, spend probably ten years ago, I taught at uh, Shorecrest High School, which is where I went, and I just started playing some indoor soccer. And, and a gal on my team was actually a student uh, in that uh, uh, class that I taught. You know, did some chef dinners, and she's like, "Oh, I remember you." And uh, she goes, "I really enjoyed that." And she, she's a, a pastry chef today, and I'm just like, "Oh." That's that's amazing. Is that you know, and, and just she was very complimentary, and and you know, just to, to know that you had just a little impact on somebody's life uh, to guide their direction is is very rewarding. Um, so uh, it, it, it's a it's a fun thing, and it's a it's rewarding, and you just hope to carry it on to generation and generation. So that's awesome, Jeremy. So some of the if factors I have written down just from listening to you talk. Uh, is that you, you are really good at getting people on the bus and then putting them on the right seat or in the right seat on the bus, meaning they are in the roles that they're able to shine and, uh, you know, the the restaurant as a whole will move forward because of it. And then it sounds like you just really love giving back and educating. And uh, like you say, it's about uh, growing other people and uh, developing other people and providing opportunity to other people. Are there any other if factors that you think are worth sharing habits, traits, characteristics that you think have contributed to your success? Uh, 
Yeah, I would say number one, work ethic. Um, I think that is uh, key to this industry. Um, it's challenging. Uh, it's uh, something where my drive was to always complete everything I needed to complete uh, because so many other people rely on the work that you do just as I would rely on their work. Um, I also think just dedication and drive to learn. You know, uh, I'm a doer. I'm a hands-on person. You know, I'm, I have a creative side, of course, but it, it means nothing if you don't put it into action. Um, Jeremy, let me ask you, what drive, what, what sustains your work ethic? Why do you think you can work like you work and show up every day? Well, number one, I love it. I, I, I love the challenges. And, and specifically with, with consolidated restaurants, they've allowed me to have the entrepreneurial style of management um, that I have. And we actually, you know, encourage that through our team uh, you know all the way down to dishwashers to our president it's you know if you have an idea share it if you think you can make it better do it um, you know communicate of how course. important is that why is that so important like what has that done for you do you think you'd be able to love it like you do if you didn't have that sense of ownership um, no I, if, if I had to be told what to do every day, I don't think I'd uh, enjoy my job. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, a, a widget in, widget out type of uh, manufacturing job is not me. Um, I love to contribute. I love to, uh, you know, work with others and help others. But I, you know, I love to hear their ideas. Um, I want them to have the same opportunities I did coming through this company to, you know, kind of guide and create and mold where we're going. Um, and again, there's there's a lot of you know support around that. Um, and, and communication is 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 a very big part of that. You know, if you want to do something, share it, get the blessings, talk about it, but let's not overanalyze. You know, if it's something that uh, we give our chefs in our uh, our restaurants, you know, autonomy uh, to do what they need to do. But they also need to understand this is the concept. Don't go way left or right of VR. You know, stay true to uh, our core. Um, but you know, we give a lot of rope, and I and I, I think that's important for people to know that they can be a part of something. Yeah, and I mean, if you're listening to this right now, or you're, if you're a manager or an owner, or if you are aspiring to be an owner, uh, listen to these words. I mean, you, you need to appeal to the higher needs of your people. Um, you're not going to be able to keep people on your team by paying them a million dollars a year. If People don't do this for the money. Like Jeremy said, he does it for the love. For, he loves what he does. And you have to give people the, the ability to express their love, to to. To have that ownership, to feel like they're contributing in a way that brings the whole business further and like further down the road. But if you don't give them that freedom to really es- express their love for what they do in this industry, they're not going to be happy. They're going to go someplace else. And and that's what I'm hearing from you. That's that you know that ability just to let your people express what they love and to you know give them that that opportunity just to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I also you know it all comes with balance. Um, 
you know, just as equally important is to provide, you know, structure to the team. What are their clear expectations? What are they responsible for? And, you know, let them work within that and, and, and help grow it. And, and, and that's, that's, that's really important. So, awesome. uh, yeah. Great stuff. Are there any other if factors you want to share before you uh, tell us about a time you fell hard on your ass? <laughs> um, no, I think that's a, that's a, pretty focused it factor for me all right jeremy tell me about a time you, you've said a few times now that you've had failures you continue to fail you learn through failing so tell me about a great failure a time where you really just fell hard on your backside well a big fall on my face failure um, you know i would say that this is more of a personal story um Again, the daily little fails, they're going to happen. I love it. The one thing I really uh, would probably say that I've learned now that that I, I didn't really know better when I was young is uh, balancing work and life. And, and, and this fail was uh, early in my career, and it was really uh, becoming a workaholic, like almost overkill. You know, it was like work always came first, and it was when I had young children. So, so my my big fall on my ass fail was probably not balancing sooner in my life. And fortunately, uh, this goes to to my my wife and children, um, who we are all happily still together today. But we had rocky times just because we were young. Uh, what is the right thing to do? And you're trying to build a career and balance family and there's just decisions restaurants don't close and mindsets go go places but that that was kind of the I, you know i wouldn't call it a fail but a life lesson that i learned to correct but it took me a little while so, so today uh, get specific what were you doing wrong back then when your marriage was on the rocks like what was uh, well, I would, yeah i wouldn't say the marriage was on the rocks i would just this is my own internal i wish i could I wish I could have done better, um, you know, given more time to, uh, you, you do what you got to do. And I think families do that. Um, and again, with, with plenty of respect for both of us, you know, young, trying to grow careers and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think for me, it was more of just my mindset was work came first. Mm. Uh, how and did your family life suffer. I mean, how, how, oh, it, 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 it was, it was just, you know, it was all the scheduling. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, I work nights, she worked days. Uh, and, and that's just what it was. We had to, to survive. And again, it was just, you know, you wish you could get a little bit of that time back. Um, but today, uh, we both sit back and go, you know, would we have done it differently? You know, no. I mean, it made us stronger ultimately. But, you know, so I guess it's, you know, if you look at it as a fail, it, it's just the the just in general, the, the balancing home life, work life uh, was probably something I could have done better. So with all the knowledge you have now, Jeremy, with your your experience, what would you have done differently? How would you have managed your life differently to have this balance? Um, you know, outside of uh, scheduling, uh, you know, the, the demands of the restaurants themselves at the time, uh, and the positions I held, you know, they, they they were what they were. I think I was more of the type that I'd have to go in two hours earlier just because I was so, uh, you know, dead set on being ready and prepared and, you know, 
you know, it's dedication, but at the same time, you know, you see sacrifice elsewhere by doing that. So, so I would just, you know, my recommendation is, you know, just be cognizant of trying to get as much balance. You know, it's not a nine to five job and that's not what I'm saying. It's just, you know, give time where you can get time and, and, you know, appreciate it when you can. Would you schedule time? Would you set specific time aside, like like block it into your life, or like that is where you have to be with your family, your your wife, your kids, no matter what? Uh, at the time, no. Uh, work, you're always on call. Uh, you, you know, in, in our my drive at the time was, you know, I I got to go, mm-hmm. and I, I just had a mindset that, uh, you know. I just I, I have to go get make sure things are done, and that was I'm just a little OCD at the time. Yeah, so that was your mindset then. What's your mindset now? You know, my mindset now. You know, I've, I've grown, I've learned. You know, I've, I've I think I've put my dues in, and I've earned credibility through working. You know, the hours I can, I can appreciate that. But what I try to do now is uh, really dedicate time not only to myself and my family. But now I encourage others to to do it the, for themselves. You know, if you need a day off, need time, just ask. The restaurant's going to go on. It's yeah. going to survive. Well, have you it, have you developed other people to be able to replace you when you can't be there? Is that one thing you've done that has given you more time? Oh, ab- oh absolutely. I, I think uh, again, you, you you grow up and you learn. You know, it's it's your lens gets bigger uh, as as you you get more experience. And and when I was first starting out, it, you know, it's stressful times. Um, and, and that's just something that, it, you know, if I look back, what I do a little different knowing what I know now, absolutely. So, uh, we have depth, we have, you know, the training that we provide now, you, you know, train so you don't have to be there every single waking moment, um, and, and learn to let go. And, and Jeremy, you said you do one thing a little, di- if you could do one thing different, you said. What, what would that one little thing be that, that you would do differently? I'm really digging here. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> uh, as far as balancing life? Yes. Uh, the one thing I would do differently now uh, or that I do do now. Yeah, I'm looking for that nugget. Yeah. Um, I, I really just dedicate my time. It's really now my family, my kids. I have three kids. Uh, they're all 11 to 18. Um but I basically add them to my calendar. They they're part of my workday um, in a good way, and I, I still love it. You know, so uh, you know, hitting all the sporting events, uh, you know, picking them up, scaring boyfriends, all that good stuff. Uh, that that's what really allows me to uh, see that, and and I want that for others. Absolutely, you you have to make time for it. It's such a yeah. crucial part of your life, and. No job is worth your family life falling apart, uh, not having access to it. And it happens so much. There's so many chefs in this industry, uh, you know, general managers in this industry. Their marriages, their family life fall apart because they lose focus of what. Really, why do we go to work every day in the first place? You know, it's just to supply to support our families. You need to. You can't lose sight of what really matters. So you make time for it. Awesome. Yeah. Stuff. So we have restaurant family, and we have home family but i think it's uh it, it's 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 awesome and i just want people to uh realize that and i think you know that's one place probably where technology's actually helped i mean 
uh, in that respect. I mean, the way you can work from home now or have flexibility, unless you're physically on a cook line, you know, there's, there depends on what your role is. But at the time, uh, you know, when I first started out back, you know, in management, it's like there was no email on your phone. There was barely a cell phone. And so you had to get into work to do work. Um, you couldn't place an order from home, you know. Yeah, we'll dive into how you're leveraging technology today. I think that's a great, some great points yeah. you're making. But we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Have you always dreamed of opening a restaurant? Well, if you have, then you need a business plan, and Live Plan is here to make it easy. Live Plan will help you painlessly create an expert business plan, allowing you to impress investors and get funded. Live plan sets you up for success and takes care of the business details so you can spend more time focusing on your goals, such as developing a delicious menu, getting ready for your grand opening and becoming the talk of the town. To learn more and to get started with your first month free, yes, free at $20 savings exclusive to Restaurant Unstoppable listeners. Visit liveplan.com slash unstoppable. That's liveplan.com forward slash unstoppable. Get on it. So we're back. And the first question I have for you, Jeremy, is with all of your knowledge now, everything you've learned about the restaurant industry, if you were going to open your own restaurant and you were looking for the funding or uh, the capital to get started, what's your one piece of advice for getting that initial capital? Oh, well, this is a little new to me. Um, not personally owning anything, but what I will say is get yourself a good group of trustworthy people that you can uh, work with um, to, number one, uh, build your plan. Uh, however, you source financing, whether it's a business loan or you find an investment partner, um, uh don't bite off more than you can chew. You know, when so you're talking about people to work with. Are you talking about investors or a team of people that will be in your restaurant? Well, it, there's many ways to uh, put that together. So if, if you're a single person looking to open a business and how do you fund that um, versus you have a group of people going in it together, uh, you know, with one of your uh, partners being a capital partner, uh, you know, there's just, what's your approach? I have not delved into any of these uh, personally. All I would know is that no matter what I'm getting funded, make sure you're successful with it. Uh, the And the rates aren't great for restaurants starting out, so uh, do your homework. Um, so what do you mean a, by that? Make sure you're successful with it. What do you mean by that? Well, uh in your planning phase, I would say, you know, if you're going to go into any business venture uh, and source capital, uh, I think you want to make sure that you, you've done your homework. Uh, location, 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 number one. And then two, how, what, what's your concept? How, how does the model work? What's the payback? What's the return? What are the obligations uh, to the investor? And it's a high stress situation. Um, even in a company, uh, you know, where we've, uh, recently opened a, a new concept in downtown Seattle called Hartwood provisions. Uh, you know, we were, uh, able to create a concept, uh, build the concept, but you know, our owner, uh, we had to, you know, 
give him a, a plan and a proposal just as if though he were the investor, which he is, uh, because this is something that he's going to invest money in. And uh, even though I'm not personally liable, I feel like it. Uh, when you're playing with somebody else's money, you, you want to make sure that you've uh, given your best effort in your planning phase. And then, you know, when you uh, begin your operation that, you know, it's, it's very planned out yeah. and, uh, and it's never a perfect system. You're <laughs> relying on your guests yeah. to make it happen. I agree with you 100%. And I think that you bring up a great point that it's, it's so crucial. It's such a big part to, to work your plan, plan your work, or I think it's the other way around, plan your work, work your plan. But sometimes we have a group of people where we got together to open a restaurant. We don't really have anybody on our team that is that business mentality, that that's that planner, that has that uh, experience developing these business plans. And um, just a quick pitch for my sponsor, LivePlan.com is a great service that if you you are somebody, if you're a chef mind, if, if you're you know back of the house and you have somebody who's a partner who's front of the house, but you still don't have that business mentality, LivePlan is a great tourist to help you, to walk you through the process of developing a business plan. It really like, it, it, it's, it creates a process and a system, a procedure for developing that business plan. Uh, it's a really great tool you should check out. And uh, if you use Restaurant Unstoppable's links, you will get $20 off the free month. So that's the first free month. Uh, it's worth checking out. Uh, I'm done plugging my sponsors, but it, I wouldn't have them sponsor the show if I didn't think it was a great tool. So uh, the next question I have for you, Jeremy, uh, success is so dependent on people, and we've already learned so much about your focus on people. Uh, what's your advice on hiring and finding these great people that you put into your restaurant? Well, sure. I think uh, for, for me, asking the right questions, number one, for the positions you're looking for is, is very important. And then I really look for character and attitude. Um, you know, if, if they have a good skill set, that's great, um, but everyone starts somewhere. Um, but if they're willing to learn and their attitude's in the right place and, and they're willing to participate, I think they're a good fit for my company um, or our company. It's it's one of those uh, uh, kind of gut, gut feels, you know, if you have a read on somebody um, and they're a fit for you, then snatch them up. They're, they're, they're probably great people. Trust, and, trust your first instinct. We have to trust our social intelligence. If somebody, odds are, if people rub you the wrong way initially, that's how they're going to rub your guests initially. Uh, trust that guy. And I think I cut you off. I apologize. No, that's I, I, but it's absolutely true. And I, you know, definitely uh, do your homework on them. If they provide references, uh, check them. Awesome. And so. That, what are some of your current challenges right now or some challenges that you see brewing on the horizon that you're currently getting ready for? Sure. Uh, probably one of the biggest challenges that, that we're facing um, is outside influences on restaurant operations you know, where we get a lot of political mandates, um, uh, with, especially in Seattle. Uh, we're uh, fairly uh, progressive uh, in the city. And it's just a lot of changes where, you know, whether it's minimum wage or uh, sick pay, paid time off, which is all great stuff. We want everyone to be rewarded for the work they do. Um, but it, but it just, we have to react and change the business model to sustain. So it's, it's basically keeping up with the systems that are, that are coming our way. How do we adjust 
uh, uh, you know, tipping, for example, you know, a lot of restaurants now are going to the uh, auto service charge um, model uh, instead of tips. And I also uh, noticed a lot of people that went in that direction are now getting out of that business model. What, what do you think is going on there? You know, I think it's it, it's a it's a fine line uh, between uh, protecting the interests of the business, so you know we can continue to employ great people, and also uh, you know where tipping provides the motivation and uh, the financial rewards that's just kind of natural in this country uh, for servers to thrive, and uh, you know we want cooks to uh, be successful. We want to you know kind of narrow the the wage gaps between front of the house and back of the house and so we can you know work together it's just how do you problem solve um and and make sure that the business is still healthy uh and and the staff's happy and healthy uh with with, what's your plan to solve this problem uh you know what we're working on really with us we will engage our crew let's talk with them what do they want to see uh provide data that they can make decisions on that we can make decisions on uh you know we we want their input um so what direction are you headed in with this data that you've collected with these this uh input you've gotten from your team what's the general consensus uh, right now, it's there's a lot of uh, anxiety, I, I would say, um, and so it's how do we just get information now? We haven't made a decision ourselves, you know, what we are going to do. We are still in a uh, tip model. Uh, we we do, do not do a service charge, but it's it's going to be on the horizon probably in the next year or so. Um, if you as, were a betting man, which direction would you say it would go? Uh, for us, my sense is that we would probably, I, my gut is a surcharge model <laughs> until it until it breaks. Yeah. Um, and that may only be, uh, you know, five or six years until that happens. And, and that's, I think that's what a lot of restaurants in San Francisco are doing uh, versus the, the 20% service charge. It, you know, it's a 4% surcharge. Um, whatever the numbers need to be, uh, but making sure that uh, our goal is that our staff and our crew still feels that they're getting uh, fairly compensated and we're able to you know, manage uh, the business uh, and profitability uh, so we can continue to you know, thrive on for years. So you know, it, it's, we'll, we'll make it through just fine. It's just you know, it's how do we, again, how do you find a solution uh, to something that has been thrown uh, to our industry uh, that's uh, you know, by a city council or a governing body uh, that may not be intimate with you know, the thin margins that that restaurants run already and uh, you know and it's 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 a lot of uh, involvement you know Edu- educating you know not only council members and local government where you can um, but th- this is where I think it's important to you know basically work with your industry partners you know the the restaurant community sticks together um, and leverage that, be a voice. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big politician personally, but uh, you know, it's, it's something that's coming our way. I think you hit it on the nose, really. At the end of the day, I think it comes down to just ed- educating people. And what's happened over the past 10 years, well, what happened in the past 30 years, like 20 years, is we've gotten so far away uh, from just slow food. We've 
gotten really efficient with creating really cheap food, uh, <laughs> really processed food. Like we've cut so many corners, but now we're starting to get away from that model of just putting uh, as much food out for as little as possible. And we're really starting to see the health benefits to paying you know homage to food and knowing what good food is and the impact good food can have on your health and uh, just the flavor and everything. But that all that comes at a price. I think Absolutely. it comes to, you know, it's a matter of educating the general public saying, hey, we got away from what good food is, what healthy food is. And if you want that food, if you want to take care of yourself and, you know, get the, the stuff you should be putting into your body, like this is what it costs. And we got so far away from uh, what real food, slow food was that it's almost unsustainable to produce real food under the uh, expectations of the general public because we just got so cheap. Um that's my personal opinion. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, I certainly agree. I mean, we put a, a premium product on the plate because that's what we want you to pay for. Um, the, the experience, you know, the, the what it takes to upkeep a restaurant, what it takes to, you know, put the quality of food product on the plate, the quality of beverage, and the quality of people. So, so they all have to work in harmony. And I, I think that uh, with some of the... the government mandates or local mandates uh they don't see uh differences in segments of the restaurant industry i think they see it as a one size fits all um and and it's 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 you know we have various concepts you know we have some quick service we have you know a very fine dining uh restaurant um and and our crew makes great money um and, and i think they want to uh, you know, continue with that. I think they they probably would uh, speak up in you know some maybe for or against. I can't speak for them, but uh, just at least weigh in, and that's what we want. See, I think uh, I, I really don't think there's any problem with the business model, the restaurant business model. The only problem comes with the consumer in uh, educating the consumer on what real food is. Um, yeah. I think once we do that, if we can if we can band together a band of brothers and all hook arms and say this is the standard it's up to us to uh to shift society back to what it what real food is um and maybe this is me being a little woo woo and wishful thinking but maybe i don't know who knows that that's what i think but anyway (laughs) uh the next question i have for you jeremy is uh what's one business book or personal growth book or any book that we need to put into our hands today to become a better restaurant professional? Uh, that, that, that was a hard question for me. And I go back to my uh, chef roots on this one. And uh, I will say that my, my favorite book, and I think you already have it on your site, is Beyond Food and Cooking because I'm kind of a science geek uh, when it comes to why, why certain things work the way they do as far as uh, cooking goes. And I, I found that very helpful just from a culinary side. But I'm... I mean, trust me, if I had the time to sit and actually read a full book lately, it it would be a miracle. Um, So I am a skimmer. I love uh, uh, books that are just knowledge-based, quick reads. Uh, I like just finding, you know, data, you know, whether it's culinary dictionaries, you know, uh, reference-type books where I'm just looking for bits of information. And that's kind of how I roll. I, I wouldn't say I have... Oh my God! You've got to read this book. It's going to change the way you do business. 
uh, and there's a lot of smart people out there and, and I respect them. Um, I, I've, I've found that I, I, I learned through experience and, uh, talking with others, uh, mentors, peers, uh, about, you know, what would you do in this scenario? Uh, and everyone's got different philosophies, but you know, a chapter here and there is great. Um, but that, that's kind of how I roll awesome. trade, trade regs. You know, you just kind of pick up a quick article that grasps your interest and, and, and if it makes sense and you can apply it in real time, awesome. I'll have that book in the show notes and I have a quick question. Do you, have you ever tried to listen to audiobooks? You, you know, no, I, that's my challenge for you, Jeremy, pick up an yep. audiobook, and I think it will change uh, everything for you. It changed everything for me. Uh, in this industry, it's so hard for us to find the time to sit down, like you said, and to really go through a book and to consume a book. But I mean, how often, like what's your commute to work? 15 minutes. If that's 15 minutes a day, you can listen to an audiobook. You just start uh, consuming so much knowledge and you can surround yourself with the best minds in the industry. And uh, I partnered with Audible. So if you head over to audibletrial.com, uh, you can get the, a free book just to try it out. And I'm telling you, you will be hooked after that. We'll do it. Yeah. Uh, so audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. I don't know if I said that, but anyway. Uh, the next question I have for you, Jeremy, is uh, recommended technology and tools. You kind of already started to touch on this earlier. How uh, you know how being able to work remotely has impacted your life. But what what are some of the newer technologies that really have your attention that you're implementing in your restaurant that have made you more efficient, more effective? Um, you know, there's a, there's so much going on. I'll tell you right now with uh, social media and its influence on restaurants and how guests use, uh, uh, you know, those platforms to, to make dining decisions. Uh, it's it's critical. It's it's almost for me. It's overload. I, I don't personally use social media. I I think it explode my mind. Um, <laughs> But uh, there, the one thing, you know, before I go into, there's a couple pieces that I use, um, but I, I want to be very uh, on purpose about this, is that technology will never replace our face-to-face experiences with a guest and, and, and those experiences we provide. And so I, I really look for... Uh, technology that doesn't replace that uh, experience so what I look for and our team looks for are, are programs that will help us uh, enhance a guest experience um, one that comes to mind that we're using uh, recently is called Venga which kind of ties uh, your open table and uh, POS uh, reporting to tailor to a guest so you can kind of track favorites and, and you know kind of put together a profile on who they are so so it helps us uh, build uh, you know more loyalty and, and and make them really meaning our guests make them really feel part of our family when they when they arrive but you, you need technology to help track that data and we found that to be very uh, very helpful um, I mean essentially and, it's just be giving everybody that knowledge that your uh, major D would have over built over time but now you it's crm it's customer relationship management where anybody who's working can have instant access to the the trends of that one diner it collects all the information what they love what they don't love uh what they 
you know, what they're spending their money on, what their food, like all that stuff, it just puts it into one spot for you. Exactly. And we have, I mean, there's a gentleman downstairs at the Metropolitan Grill who's an expert at this. His name's Craig Summers. Um, and, and he's got a gift for remembering names and faces and, and experiences without this technology. And, and th- those are, uh, you know, a needle in a haystack to find. And, and, and that type of person I, I really appreciate. And, and taking information we can gather now um, and not be robotic about it is, is, is key uh, for, for how we look at using technology. Um, you're still a person. You provide a personality to the table. Um, it, it, it's, it's there to support, um, not replace. Absolutely. Um, so that that's that's one, and then we've uh, the other one is more of a back end technology, uh, and I was a, a part of the team who helped put this together with our controller, just finding the resource. But uh, we, we've started using a program called Compete. Oh. Um, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, it's been a few times on the show, but I'll be honest, I'm not com- completely uh, sure how it works. Sure, it's it's a back end uh, accounting software that that we use and. Uh, this is where, uh, as a chef, you know, inventories, recipe writing uh, would live in a one platform, you know, back in the day. Then your accounting software was another platform, and, and your AP was another platform. So so what uh, we got tired of doing was entering everything two or three times through, through a process. So uh, where this technology has come is where we now, in one web-based platform, you can house your recipes, uh, pictures, instructions. You can do your inventory. Um, you can do ordering uh, if you choose to use that function. But it also is our AP. Uh, we can do our P&Ls off of there. We can see all of our financial uh, stuff. And it's all uh, more real-time. And uh, having the real-time information uh kind of gets you out of the uh, analysis paralysis of let's just how many ways can we create a Excel sheet to you know come up with a number it's what you do with the number and how fast you use the number to you know react in your business that is more important I think um, to me it sounds like a QuickBooks but for specifically for the restaurant yeah yeah and it's uh it's 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 just as it's streamlined our processes where we have you know multiple uh, concepts uh feeding into one accounting platform so we don't have to you know individualize it by by location so for for our company it, it works great i know there's a bunch of other great programs out there uh you know that that suit needs of various operations but we found this one to be uh, a pretty successful um, and we're still learning more about it um, and when one other uh, piece of software internally that we've uh, started using is a, a web-based program called Wisetail. Wise is that W-I-S-E-T-A-I-L? Correct um, and we use that for an internal uh, we're, we've really struggled in the past with having a good continual training platform for crew to engage with and so this this kind of takes it to a virtual um level where it's it kind of takes a a social media uh approach with uh uh, training modules uh so it's kind of uh learned through videos that we can create versus just just reading you know a uh 
you know, 60 page book of how to, you know, do your job. We make it more interactive and we've had a lot of fun with this and we're seeing a lot of engagement from crew because they're allowed to, you know, post and participate videos much like social media and help each other learn. Uh, through the process, and we've 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 had a lot of fun with that. And I'm actually able to build in one area uh, with our team. You know, how do you guys want to learn this? Uh, what's the best way to do it? Is it a video? Is it through pictures? Is it a document? How do you want to learn? And and really seeing what's going to be more effective and and provide more life and continuity to uh, our training programs and and we just kind of touched into to this program we've been in it for about six months and we're already seeing benefits from it wow uh that's the second time i've heard of wisetail in uh, i think a month so look out wisetail i'm coming after you i want to get you on the show learn more about your service uh competes come up a few times too so maybe i should get them on the show as well uh so with all the knowledge you have jeremy if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of business advice what would it be um my biggest personally business advice uh if i could go back uh i would speak up and ask more questions uh i think when when i was young and just starting if i didn't know i just kind of wait and stay silent and try to figure it out later and which i eventually did but if i feel if i were just more direct and then spoke up and said hey i don't understand this can you explain this further uh i should have done that quicker yeah, not you know? only are you going to get your answers faster you're going to learn faster that way but people are going to see that you're taking action and that you're interested and opportunities will become of it so uh what is one question jeremy i could have asked you that you think would have brought more value to this interview uh sure uh since we're kind of talking about it uh do you have a mentor that shaped your career? I think that would be a great question to an awesome question to, to pay some homage to to those who we felt kind of guided our uh, our direction in life and in, in this industry. And uh, that, that I think that would be a great question. You probably get some good dialogue out of. Yeah, absolutely. And it's probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned from this show is that I mean, there's just definitely a trend from the people that I'm interviewing. They they are successful because they want to go work for extremely successful people. There's a rare amount of times that I have somebody on the show who had no real prior restaurant experience and is now doing great things in the industry. Uh, so it's definitely a trend I've noticed. And I think that's an incredible question. I'll have to start asking. Um, so, uh, we, you've been an awesome guest. Really, I, I've really enjoyed listening to you talk. You're straight to the point, really precise, give great advice. Uh, if there's somebody you could call out, Jeremy, somebody who uh, could just be a great guest mentor on the show like you were for us today, who would it be? Uh, okay, so I have two. One one is uh, Eric Helner, and he's kind of my partner in crime here with Consolidated. Um, we've worked together since 1989, um, and he's just the probably one of the more passionate guys you'll ever talk to and, and then the other is a gal i work with and she actually helps me uh with our company she's a she's a consultant as well her name's kathy groff uh, and her company's called restaurant solutions and she is great as, as far as just helping support me with our uh, younger management to you know get a second perspective uh hear it from someone else's uh, viewpoint uh, another set of eyes and she can help validate or you know 
tell me what I'm needing, you know, what, what do I need to work on? Uh, and it just, it, it, it's good to always have somebody you can bounce stuff off of, uh, in advance. And, and you said restaurant solutions, is that restaurant solutions, Inc. RSI? Uh, no, no, no. It's just restaurant solutions. Yeah. Got it. Awesome. Uh, Eric, Kathy, look out. I'm coming after you. I would love to get you on the show to be guest mentors. It would be great. Uh, let the folks at home know, Jeremy, how to connect with you. If they want to pick up a conversation, if they have any questions about the advice you gave us, if they want to just kind of continue uh, the the learning opportunity, how can we connect? Sure. Um, I'm, I'm kind of an old school email guy, uh, so you can always connect me. Connect with me at janderson at conrest.com, C-O-N-R-E-S-T-S, uh, and that, that's the, the, the best way. Um, but check out CRI's website, Consolidated Restaurants, Inc., um, and we're always looking for great people, and we are just – we're just partners in the industry. We, we, we love to work with other businesses and uh, help each other, help, help, help the industry move forward. Awesome. I'll have all of those links, the links to the website, to his email in the show notes, uh, a link to the book he recommended, the tools he recommended, and a summary of today's discussion all in the show notes. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 241. You'll find all those links. Jeremy, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule uh, to join me as a guest mentor. There's no questioning. You are unstoppable. Well, thanks for having me. It was, it was a great, great conversation. <laughs> Cheers. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you guys enjoyed it. So a couple of things before I let you go. I'm now offering free one-on-one 15-minute chats. If you want to get inspired, if you need to get just a little motivation, or if you have some questions about some of the things we talked about on the show, you can now chat with me for free 15 minutes. Head over to Restaurant Unstoppable to find the links. Don't forget that we have a complete list of all the books and resources our past guests have recommended. These are the books they read, the resources and tools they're using in their restaurant, the tools that are helping them be successful, a whole list archived right there at restaurantunstoppable.com. Don't forget to use my links if you really want to give back to the show. If you want to show your appreciation for all these episodes I'm putting out, the best way to support the show is to simply use my links when you discover something new that can help you in your restaurant. Thank you in advance. Also, keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. And I can't finish without reminding you to keep those emails coming. I love your emails. They fire me up. They keep me going. Tell me who you want to hear from. Tell me what you love about the show. Tell me anything. I'm here for you. Just shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. All right, that's all we have for today. I hope you're enjoying this journey as much as I am. Thanks again for joining me. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.